Good Shabbos. What is freedom? What does it mean to live freely, to be free? I want to make a counterintuitive claim in that the Torah's view of freedom and what freedom means is different than what you may think. For freedom begets obligation. The freer we are, the more we are obligated and the more we must do. And rather than being a burden, rather than being, oh no, I'm free, now I have more to do, this is one of the most uplifting ideas of the Torah. And this idea of that freedom means obligation emerges from this week's parsha. Go to the Jewish people, God says to Moshe and Aaron. Go and tell them that you must bring a carbon Pesach. As you emerge from Egypt, as you emerge from the slavery, from the servitude, bring a carbon Pesach, a little sheep to be eaten on the night of Pesach. And one of the defining features of this carbon, says God, is that it has to be eaten in a group, a halacha with no parallel anywhere else in the Torah, that you must eat this carbon as a group in order to properly fulfill the mitzvah. You must establish this chabur, a group of people who are partake in the sacrifice. And the question is, why? Why? Why should my eating of this carbon Pesach be contingent upon eating it within the context of others? Why is it so important that I bring this carbon with others? A sacrifice, if you were to ask me, is the ultimate the ultimate mitzvah between man and God. It's a sacrifice. It's, it's, it's between man and God. What's, where, did man, where did my fellow men come into this? Where did my friend come into this? Where did the chabur element come into this? Why does it matter that I'm eating this carbon within the context of others? And here lies the second question. This one will fast forward a few months. We sit down at the Seder after we've been milling around and singing Kaddish Orchat 12 times and dip nine different tunes, we finally sit down, we wash our hands, we all make a joke about talking because we're allowed to talk now, even though we're not really supposed to talk now, and then we begin magic. And we begin with, Holach Ma'anya. We say, anyone out there, please come in. And the question we, want to, we, we always ask is, who's coming to the Seder now? Everyone's at their own Seder. Who are we actually inviting in? But I'm going to compound the question, that is, one of the halachas of a chabura is that once you put together your chabura for the carbon Pesach, you put together your group of people who will eat the Seder together, once that is set, no one else may join. Once you set that chabura, it's done. That's who you're spending your Seder with. No one else can come in, and that just compounds the question. Not only will no guests show up, no guests are allowed to show up. So what are we doing when we say halach ma'anya? If the nature chabura precludes having a guest, why are we inviting others? The great survivor, Primal Levi, chronicles in his haunting book, If This Is Man, a book documenting his time in Auschwitz, where he writes, the biggest crime of the Nazis was not the killing, it was not the incarceration, but rather... It was the dehumanization, the way in which the Nazis turned man into beast. Each man doing whatever it took to survive for himself. And that, he says, was the greatest of the crimes. Towards the end of the book, he says something so powerful. He describes that shortly after they were liberated, they were still in the camps. 
Partly because they had no strength to go anywhere, and mainly because where were they going to go? No one else wanted them. And he writes how they needed to eat. And so they hurried to the kitchen as fast as they could, but the potatoes had already been taken by everyone else. So him and three friends searched throughout the kitchen. They found a little sack of potatoes. And with his little sack, they returned back to their block. And one of them went and found a heavy cast iron pot. And another one went and found wood. And a third one started a fire. They put the potatoes in the pot. Started to boil. And they sat around and began to eat. And he says as follows. I was completely, completely... And he sat around and he said, and another man comes and offers them a little bread. And he writes as follows. Only a day before, a similar event, a similar event of people sitting around a fire together, eating potatoes that they collectively sought out, found the means to cook, and now are eating together sharing. Only a similar event would have been inconceivable. The law of the lager, the law of the camps was... Eat your own bread, and if you can, that of your neighbor. The dehumanization of man. And it left no room for gratitude. It really meant that the lager was dead. It was the first human gesture that occurred among us. I believe, he writes, I believe that that moment can be dated as the beginning of the change by which we who did not die slowly changed from hackling, from prisoner to man again. The transition from slavery to freedom is the ability to look out for the other, the ability to collaborate with others. Says Rav Soloveitchik, a slave can only live day to day. A slave can only live thinking about the moment. How will they get through the moment? How will they fulfill whatever they said in front of them so they can get through the moment day to day, only thinking of, their, of themselves, to keep themselves alive? It is the ability to join together, to form a chaburah, to be able to collaborate and bring a carbon and then sit down as a group that marks the transition from slave to freedom. Freedom is not doing what I want for myself, but is having the luxury, the ability to think about others and care for those around me. We invite guests to the Seder, not for them. For them. We know they're not coming. They're not allowed to come. Halach ma'ani, rather, is a demonstration that we are free. That we as free people have the ability and the requirement to look out for others. To think about the other. And that is something that we must think about today. In 2020, the world shut down. There was uncertainty. There was fear of the unknown and therefore we all, rightfully so, hunkered down in our own homes. Perhaps trying to gather as much toilet paper as possible. Each man in his own house. It was confusing and we were afraid to be together. The community was shuttered so that, in, in, so that the individual can be safe. Two years later, 2022, I ask, how can we approach whatever lies ahead? There is uncertainty. How can we approach it thinking as a community? Thinking as a chaburah. Thinking about the other. And it's not just about this one issue. It's a much broader question that we must ask ourselves in the year 2020. 22. The notion that freedom does not mean that we now have the space to do what we want. That we now have the space to act in the way that which we choose. Freedom does not mean that we can react to things that we don't like with Hefker. Just going about doing, doing whatever it may be, totally Hefker, because we're upset. 
And therefore, and I'm free, so I can demonstrate the way in which I want. Freedom means the ability to make space for the other. The ability to join a chaburah, the ability to think about and care for those around us. Yes, the Torah's view of freedom may be counterintuitive. And even countercultural. But a life where we make space for community. A life where we're able to constantly think about those around us is truly one of the most uplifting lives and most uplifting ideas that Torah can give us. Good Shabbos.